The book was better. Happy Hawaii. Yes, I am in Hawaii, officially moved in to our little baby studio apartment. (laughs) So So if there's random noises in the background, you know, nature nature is present here. We have this idea of any geckos hanging out. (laughs) We have a couple geckos that we still are getting out. There's a family of chickens that lives around that likes to make some noise. We have bullfrogs (laughs) in the river behind our house. (laughs) It's just a party. Let me tell you. You just live in in nature now and among nature. Yep. (laughs) Meanwhile, I live in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you get to go to the beach and the pool. It is cold here, so. Yes, it's an especially warm winter here. It's been like 70 to 80 every day. Whatever, Hawaii doesn't get winters. They don't get seasons. They get down to like 50s normally in the winter. This year is especially Mm. nice. (laughs) I have all my friends that live in Hawaii, even in the middle of January, are still going to the beach. So I don't believe that it ever gets that cold. (laughs) Fair. Well, that was some noise on my part. I just accidentally knocked something off my desk. Listen, it's fine. We're fine. We're We're all good. We're just, we're getting back in the rhythm of it. We are. It's been a rough couple of months, so we are going to get back into it. We're going to recommit. We're going to start doing some mini-sodes in between our main episodes where we just kind of do more chatting and fun, Mm -hmm. like fun stuff i'd like to do i don't know let us know your thoughts on this but i would be interested so i read i'm on top of the books that we're reading for this podcast i'm also always reading at least one other book and a lot of those she's an overachiever (laughs) listen i just like reading and so anyway i just finished one book called spellbreaker that was really really good it's a newer book though and it's written by like a lesser known author, you know, like a, she's an up and coming author, I'd say for sure. Mm. Um, Charlie Holmberg. Hmm. And it was really, really good. I really, really liked it. But it's like there's no movie adaptation. It's not something we'd ever like fully cover on the podcast. Yeah. But we wouldn't do a you know, full episode on, but we could but do maybe a mini, doing so. some like, hey book recommendation mini-sode here's some other books that we've read that we thought were good yeah you should check them out kind of thing yeah Uh oh i have a child awake i can hear a child (laughs) oops okay well hopefully you can't all hear the child my husband's (laughs) my husband is getting her she's not being neglected i promise um oh this is the book was better Yes, uh, welcome <laughs> to the Book Was podcast. Better podcast. <laughs> I am Taylor Collette. I'm Kaylee Clark. We do this. We are not put together, no. <laughs> we are a hot mess. What What would it be like to be a person who has everything together all the time? That That would be interesting. That's I wonder not what us. that would be like. Because I just don't know. But, um... 
any other things to share? Any other announcements or... Um, yeah, just with the minisodes, if there's anything that you would like to see in those, be sure to, like, shoot us a message on any of our social media platforms. If you're not already following us there, definitely go and do that. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube, all the things... All we're more active on some of those than others, though. <laughs> yes, we're going to try to be more active on all of them. But um, you can find us at TBWB podcast on pretty much all of them. I think on Twitter, it's TBWB underscore podcast. But like, you'll find us if you search for the book was better podcast. But we um, would love to hear your feedback on what you'd like to see in the minisodes. We'd love to hear what would you like to hear in the minisodes? Yeah. Because you cannot see us. <laughs> right. Yes. We've tried. We've tried. The video thing is really hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah. So. You're video gonna... files are really big, too. So when you don't live in the same place, it's... getting those video files to everyone is. It didn't work. But... It was rough. So you're just going to have to get used to our voices. Our beautiful voices. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's enough uh, random intro stuff. I'm good if you're good. Yeah. I was just trying to think. I thought I had something that I wanted to mention in relation to our last episode about the Hunger Games. But I can't think of it. I can't remember. So if I think of it, I'll just mention it, I guess. But. Yeah, let's just move on into it. Okay. Yeah, let's get into cool. it. So this week we are talking about Suzanne Collins' book, Catching Fire. It's the second book of the Hunger Games series. Um, the movie adaptation came out in 2013, and it was directed by Francis Lawrence. Um, so a different director than the first one. Um, and then the screenplay was by Simon... Bufoy, Bufoy, Bufoy. I'm never, I'm just always getting, listen, the second guy's last name is hard too. And Michael Arndt, A-R-N-D-T, Arndt. Jeez. Arndt, 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 I don't know. Um, So also completely new screenplay writers. Um, Music, however, was still done by James Newton Howard. But taking into consideration com- basically completely new, you know, the, the other people. What I can't think of words. What is words? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you can tell, right? Yeah. In this movie that they're different people. Yes. Personally, without going into too, too much detail, because we're about to get into further detail in a minute, but... I felt like this movie was closer to the book than the first one was to its book. Yes, I would say we're moving into that middle ground where I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion either way. Same. I'm pretty like, yeah, the book's really good. The movie's really good. They have differences. I'm not mad about it. Like, this one is not one that I'm going to be super, like, passionate about. 
But hey, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to get passionate about a couple things, but <laughs> I have thoughts. It's, I have, listen, it's just who I am. I just can't help it. <laughs> I have grievances, but they're just not, you know, the same. Yeah. It's, it's not the Harry Potter style passion that I had for those. Sorry. Sa- no, same, same, same. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read these or seen the movies near as much as the Harry Potter series. So No, I think that this was only my second time watching Catching Fire. I think it was my third. But I really, I haven't seen it as much. But yeah. I've watched Catching Fire more than I've watched The Hunger Games. I think I really only saw The Hunger Games that one time in theaters until I had to watch it again. See, I've seen The Hunger Games more because when I would work out at the gym, it was a common movie for them to play. That's funny. (laughs) So I'd watch it a lot while I was working out because it kind of pumps you up. Got to run, run through those trees. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then just a quick recap, right? For those of you who haven't watched the movie or read the book recently, in the second novel, begins with um, Katniss and Peeta going on their victory tour from the first games that they won. They find out that Snow is unhappy and they have to c- try to convince everybody of their love and kind of try and quell the uh, rebellion that's kind of getting stirred up in the districts. That doesn't work. So for this quarter quell, 75th Special Hunger Games... All of the tributes are selected from previous victors, which means Katniss and Peeta get thrown back in to the games with a bunch of other victors, except these games don't finish because they break out of the arena and begin the rebellion. Sure. Yep. There you go. That's my... Usual crappy off the top of my head uh, synopsis for you. So <laughs> what more do you need in life? Exactly. <laughs> With that said, the last time we recorded one of these was back in December. Yeah, and it's <laughs> we are recording this on so, February 1st. Who on earth starts this week? I do not know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a uh, what, new year. We could just start from start fresh. We keep saying it's a new year. We've said it for three episodes now. No, no, no. But I'm saying like it's our first time recording in this year. So we can just start fresh. <laughs> I'm not saying happy new year again. We've done that. <laughs> yes. Uh, um. Yeah. I, I can go first or you can go first. Do you want me to go first just because my yes. number three is different? Yeah, you go first. Let's do that. Cool. Okay. Listen, we now have a three-hour time gap. Yeah, I'm that is another thing that we didn't Hawaii. quite mention. It's nine o'clock where I am, which means and it's midnight. Midnight. <laughs> it's not nine. Where is it? Nine. It's nine. That's it. Oh, wish it were nine here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I go first. Let's jump into it. So, okay. As I said before, I thought I felt like this movie followed the book a lot more closely mm-hmm. and so my number three isn't really a grievance it's an anti-grievance i think is what we kind of jokingly called it earlier yes because it's where, a good thing because it's a good thing and it was 
it stood out to me so much. And kind of like what you said, too, where it's like this movie didn't have a bunch of stuff that really like bugged me. I mean, there's there's still some like we'll get into it. But oh, yeah. for my I number mean, three, I still have a list. <laughs> yeah. But my number three is actually something positive. And I really, really, really love and we talked about this a little bit in the first one. The casting for Cinna and Effie, mm. as well as the role they they kept mm-hmm. and they emphasized in the movie. So. Cinna is Levy, Lenny Kravitz, right? Effie is Elizabeth Banks. I love her. Phenomenal. <laughs> but something that I really, really loved, and I think it's really important because especially when you're thinking about like the symbolism of, you know, the book series and what all this means, right? In a, it left me again, dystopian. There we go. There <laughs> like you go. had to remind me last time, but I got it. Okay. In like a dystopian world and things, right? It's like, Cinna and Effie both are from the capital. They haven't had hard lives. They grew up watching the games, becoming desensitized to it, you know? Yeah. And the, fa- the, the fact that, and the point that they, they kept all of these scenes and even the stuff that's like the more nuanced things that in the book, right? Like, I really, really, really like how they showed Effie when she's drawing the names for the quarter quell. Because it's like she knows it's it, there's Katniss is the only girl option. Yeah, she's like the the females. Uh, like, and then yeah. like she knows that if Hamish's name gets drawn, then like Peta's gonna volunteer. But, like she knows what's happened, and Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks' performance there is so so good mm-hmm. with just like the subtle looks yeah, it's and subtle. the hesitations. And because she still has to do her job, right? Like she can't give be away seen that she's upset. doing anything in like open rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then later throughout, right? Like when she keeps saying, like, well, we're a team, and she even straight out just comes out and says, right? Like, this is not fair. Like, you guys deserve so much more than this. Yeah. Um, like, just think of the character development arc for Effie Trinket. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. remember how she was in the beginning of the first book. She has to come now. so far. Like, she's come so far. Um, I actually Sina, really like Effie. Like, she actually, as a character, I really like her. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's fun. And she's, but again, right, like, a good reminder of, like, People who have these privileges and then they finally kind of see like, okay, yeah, maybe I have had like a skewed point of view on this thing or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then same with Cinna. He, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. Oh my goodness. Yes. Right. From like he get-go. knows that he is basically actively rebelling. I don't think he was surprised at all when he gets beaten and you know killed he gets killed yeah it's sad it's it's insinuated because katniss they wait and they make sure she sees it but she can't do anything about it and it's right at the start of the games so she comes up she's already a mess but yeah yeah, he and you don't see him again (laughs) 
No, because you know that they kill him, right? Yeah. And and I don't think, I think he knew that was a risk and he did it anyway. Well, I mean, from the get-go, from the beginning mm -hmm. of the first games, the outfits that he put them in, the things he said, you knew he was in it. He was committed to this rebellion that hadn't he even really, really started yet. really wanted to make a yet. difference. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that he knew the risks and still went through with it and was there for Katniss and never really like thought about himself. He was always thinking about the bigger picture. Mm hmm. Yeah. He was so, yeah, so that's my character. number three. It's just the positives of that casting those roles and again in the way that their roles were written right like the mm -hmm. way that they were portrayed and written into the screenplay whoops i just hit my microphone sorry people <laughs> um, and and the way they were you know directed like did those characters really true justice and i think that that adds a lot to the story and again makes the message of the story more impactful so yeah. i'm all about messages and you know, like the real point of stories and books and whatnot. So, yeah. What's yours? Um, yours is mine, an actual grievance, though. Mine is an actual <laughs> grievance. Sorry. Um, it's a small thing, but I feel like it is the biggest oversight in this movie. I feel like of all of the grievances, like, you know, I can kind of justify away a lot of things. This is where I'm, mm -hmm. where I'm like, y'all just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the fact that after PETA alludes to Katniss being pregnant in the interview, the movie never mentions it again. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, and that's a thing, whatever. Like, they don't talk about it in the games at all. They don't bring it up. They don't think it's weird that no one's talking about the fact that she's pregnant. <laughs> like in the book and like you we have, know she's not really pregnant but yeah like, she's not really pregnant but you gotta keep up the act which is what they do in the book because Peta and finnick will will mention katniss's baby you know like they they talk about it even though they both know it's not real Peta made it yeah. up himself but he's keeping up the act and in the movie they're just like meh we don't care. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> the game still happened. I guess we'll forget that little lie. Yeah. Like. I was like, what? And then on top of that, a few other things that they like leave out with that is there was in the books a wedding dress photo shoot that Katniss did. And mm -hmm. they that Cinna, you know, designed and everything and that was like this huge thing that she was like, you know, they were going to get married. And that was like another thing on top of like the. Which they pregnant. talk about a little bit in that show. Yeah. With I can only think of the name Stanley Tucci because he's the actor. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the character um, in the book right oh now. Oh, my goodness. What is his name? Caesar Flickerman. Yes. The Flickerman show. Yes. Um, they talk about it there. And of course, she wears her wedding dress there, like yes. during the show. But yeah, they, they put a lot more emphasis and stuff in the book, right? Because they they were all, evict all of those victors, right? Because the mm -hmm. tributes had all won and been promised they wouldn't have to do it again. Yeah. They were all pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and they were trying. All of them were trying to do anything they could and anything they could think of 
to s- still try and stop those games from happening. So yeah. So that's my third one. It's not huge, but I just felt like it was kind of a dumb oversight as far as the movie goes. Okay. So my number two, the rest of mine are actual grievances. Sorry. (laughs) I started with a bit of positivity. I'll maybe end with a little bit of positivity and some of the honorable mentions, but, um, okay. So the book starts out, I just hit my microphone again. Sorry. I talk with my hands so much. Um, (laughs) The book starts out with Katniss in, well, she's like hunting first, right? But she goes to the hob and she's like talking with one of the peacekeepers Mm -hmm. from District 12. And it happens in the first book, too, though you never see peacekeepers really in the first movie. You you like see them like in the background. Like you you have no idea who they are. Like, yeah. yeah, you see them in their whites. You just think they're like the Capitol Guards, right? Yeah, they're 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 there at the reaping and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, they're the police of that age or whatever. Yeah. But they become a lot more important and significant in this one. And I feel like because they did kind of just totally overlook them in the entire first movie and then didn't really make an effort to show how the peacekeepers in District 12 were before that new commander guy showed up. Yeah. I feel like that impact gets lost and um, I mean, I I guess you see it a little bit when they go to District 11, but they do it only because the movie does it the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. In the book, they don't cross through and then suddenly there's just... You can't even see it like in the in the book they go they're driving through well driving they're on a train through district 11 and it's they can see all the fields and they can see all the workers it's mm-hmm. not just like army truck army truck army no. truck like, that's not it but i guess maybe that was their way in the movie of trying to show like it's stricter in other districts than it is in district 12 but i don't think that that's the message that comes across really i didn't no. like the way they did that and i feel like the one thing about the movie, they love their drama. They really... Which if, makes... It, I mean, it's a, it's a movie. Which they, it's a they movie. They have to love their drama. Yeah, but they definitely take every opunity to play it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, not no, just one sure. military truck, lots of military trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because of that, again, so in in the book... She's she they she would sell to some of the peacekeepers, you know. Yeah. Her illegal hunting like fines and and kills. Yeah. She and Gail, and Gail would sell yeah. to peacekeepers. They knew them by name. They were even kind of friendly with some of them, you know. So it's completely ignoring all of that. Just I feel like made that impact a little less powerful mm-hmm. and. Just because I feel like in in the book, that change in District 12 would have been really, really jarring, knowing how lax and different it was before. Um, Not to mention that they, in the movie, never show that, like, oh, the electrical fence is now electrified again. Well, in in the book, it's the peacekeepers, the old peacekeepers who come and tell her. Like, that shows that she had a relationship with them Mm -hmm. where they're like, hey, we know that you sneak out. We haven't done anything about it because we don't really care. But we know you do. Just so you know, it is constantly electrified now. So, like, be careful. 
Like they yeah. go and just straight up tell her. <laughs> and they don't do any of that in the movie. And but yeah, again, it just I, I like seeing the little bits of rebellion, I guess, from mm-hmm. capital people um, and the bits of humanity, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like Gail's whipping totally different again it's they kind of like wanted to have that more dramatic scene of like the place getting burned not, down and wait, him coming in what are you talking about in the movie they burn down oh, the, the hob. hob that's but in the, the, the scene itself of him actually getting whipped in no, the square I, me- I meant before that's pretty spot on with the book i meant hit the reason he gets whipped is oh, okay gotcha, up. gotcha gotcha in the movie he's like defending greasy's or sigh or whatever yeah i'm pretty sure it was greasy say and he full-on tackles the peacekeeper yes. in the movie <laughs> in the book he just gets caught with a turkey or something like a, a wild yep. turkey that he's not supposed to have and that's why he gets whipped mm-hmm. which i feel like in and of itself and in the is, book too like they flogged him so bad he's bleeding so much that the reason katniss died. intervenes is because she's like if you keep going you will kill him yeah so I just feel like it's kind of more potent to be like it didn't take much for them to go that far. Like mm-hmm. it was just he had an illegal turkey and that's all it took. Whereas, yeah, you tackle a cop. Obviously, that's yeah, going to go over well. <laughs> it was a bit of an overreaction. No. <laughs> so I again, like we talked about before, it's like those subtleties that you see. The movie kind of prefers the dramatic route, which I get. Makes sense. It's Hollywood. <laughs> I, you know, I, that's just a small issue that I have. Yeah. I think subtleties can also be very powerful, but mm-hmm. that's not often used in films. So. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So that was my number two. Okay. My number two focuses on PETA, my main man. Cute little Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> My main village man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love Pacha. him. No, PETA. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, we'll see who, how many people get that reference. Um, I feel like there were a few things that they did with PETA's character that I don't love. One... And this was partially from the first one, but brought into this one as well. PETA is not supposed to have, like, a leg. (laughs) (laughs) He's supposed to have a prosthetic, yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to have a prosthetic leg on one side. And that's the whole reason they fall in the snow. Yeah. (laughs) Because when she goes to hug him, he's still getting used to his leg. And so he's like... He like slips and like loses his balance because he's still getting used to his new prosthetic. And that's why they fall in the snow. Not because they're just like dumb and clumsy. They freaking survived and lived in the hunger. Like what? (laughs) They're not just going to slip. It's not good. One, I feel like it's not very, it's not very inclusive of people with prosthetic limbs. I feel like it could have been a cool thing and a good representation in a mainstream movie to have that and to still show him like getting through the games, even though he has a prosthetic limb. I think that could have been Mm -hmm. really cool. I think it shows the physical trauma that the games gave. The physical trauma that remains. Yeah. 
not like, just like mental you can't trauma. Fix like everything. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> Katniss's ear gets fixed. Yes, they fixed the that. So but she's not deaf in an ear anymore. But like his leg was beyond saving. <laughs> like it's it's a prosthetic leg, and they don't do that. And then because of that, there's some things that got changed. One, like you said, they just look dumb and clumsy sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's got a prosthetic leg. He's having a hard time. And like, like in, the reason he's not fast and can't get away from the poison fog, the yeah. reason he can't like it's because I feel he's like got it a does a prosthetic disservice. limb. He, he can't run as fast as he used to. It, it does a disservice to, to his character because people are like, wow, he sucks. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's got a prosthetic leg. It's new. He's getting used yeah. to it. <laughs> and then it's like it hasn't it's like been barely a year when you think about it you yeah. know and who knows how long those that for those first games lasted i don't know if we ever really know or find out how long they lasted so when you think about know. it from the point where he gets his prosthetic limb to the point where these games start it has not even been a year well and i doubt they have like physical therapy for him to do or anything like that i think he's kind of just on his own 12, yeah <laughs> And then there's the scene which they ended up cutting out, not fully cutting, but changing in the movie where he falls into the like river, lake, river, water. What? He falls into water and he's drowning and Finnick has to save him because he can't swim. That does not happen at all in the movie. Oh, I thought there was still a scene. No, that makes sense. They don't have it. No, it's at the very beginning. Yeah, there's like a fight in the water. And he's like fighting some guy and they're like trying to drown each other. But like, he yeah, just that wins doesn't that battle. That doesn't happen in the book. And so, yeah, there's this <laughs> drowning scene where Finnick has to save him because he can't swim. He's got a prosthetic leg. <laughs> so and, and Finnick is basically Aquaman. Aquaman, so, Yeah. <laughs> with his little trident. So. <laughs> yes. So he saves him, which I thought was really good for like the bonding and showing like, you know, Finnick being on their side. Well, yeah, but in the movie, Finnick saves him instead by resuscitating him after his heart stops. Right. After he hits the. The electric wall. The it's, it's it's the force field. That's the word. The force field. <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry, my husband just popped in the door and then he popped back out. Um, cool. <laughs> and so essentially it's, I feel like that they, they kind of just did a disservice to his character by not having that. And then on top of that, Peta and Katniss as like a couple, you just don't get that, those moments that you see in the book where they are bonding and they're, it's better in this film, though, than it was in the first one. Yes, they are at least closer in this one. And it's not as awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's not near as awkward. awkward. It's a lot more believable in this one than it was in the first one. Mm -hmm. But it's still lacking. And they cut out a lot of the more deep, like, emotional mm -hmm. bonding scenes. And I don't know. Like if a that's lot just... of the stuff that happens on the train. Yeah. Or at the top of the training center. During the victory center. tour. At the top of the training center, they have like this big, long yeah. conversation. That's all cut out. And so I feel like it just kind of does. It, again, it does better than the first. Well, not to mention, too, that Peter, he, he's just in the movies. He's shown as being so much softer. Mm hmm. Because in the books, like, don't get me wrong. He is like. 
I would definitely describe him as like a teddy bear because like in the book, he's big, but he is gentle, you know, like he's tall and broad shouldered and really, really strong, but he's yeah. also really gentle and kind. Yeah. However, but that's he's, when he he's gets angry, kind. he gets angry and he does get angry and he will speak his mind and he will stand up for himself. Exactly. More so than he does in the he's movies. He's not a pushover. He's nice. That's a, there's a difference yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Which he's I nice, think but he's not a pushover. Is important, and I wish they had shown that better to show that you can be a nice person, you can be gentle and kind, and still not take crap from anybody. Yep, you, and you can still have boundaries, and you can still yes. stand up for yourself. Like, <laughs> so I just I wish they had done better for PETA, really, because I remember when I read the books before the movies ever came out. The picture I had in my head of PETA is not anything like Josh. I'm sorry, Josh. I love you. I think you did a good job. <laughs> but you do not look anything like what I had in my head for PETA. Right. And I loved PETA as a character. I really did. I really liked him. Then I watched mm-hmm. the movies and I was like... Eh. <laughs> 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 when we talked last time, too, that it's a little unfair pinning him against a Hemsworth brother. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Odds weren't in his favor on that one. No. So. (laughs) So, yeah, that's just that's my second one. I wanted better for PETA. We'll see. It's been a while since I've watched Mockingjay. And so I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about that. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? What? I've never seen Mockingjay part one or part two. Oh. (laughs) I've. So I've seen this part will one. be my first time. <laughs> I've seen part one. I have never seen part two. So we're going to see if they do them justice. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I was so mad at the end of that book <laughs> that I just didn't deal with it. And then Derek, my husband, did tell me he was like, no, those movies are actually really, really good. They're the best ones. And then I was like, okay, I'll have to watch them. And then I just never got around to it. So. Nope, same, same. So this will be now fun. Now I finally have a reason to do it, so. <laughs> You'll get our real raw reaction. Maybe we'll live tweet while we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's my number two. Justice for PETA. Hashtag justice for PETA. <laughs> Hashtag justice for PETA. And yeah, anyways. Let's do honorable mentions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have just a couple. Um, so the Gail Katniss kisses. There's not supposed to be kisses, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then also just in the book, it like makes more sense i guess it mm-hmm. just doesn't seem as awkward in the movie mm-hmm. it just seemed kind of awkward um not to mention that the order of events totally, totally rearranged in the movie and i don't know why like when president snow comes and talks to them versus like when that kiss takes place versus when they talk about running away and like like they just kind of slightly move everything around and i didn't really know why. I didn't feel like it affected the flow of the film all that much. But, no, that was an um, odd change. However, 
the scene with President Snow at her house was like almost taken perfectly out of the book. Mm hmm. Despite being out of order, right? Like, yes, they do well with what they like mm -hmm. take. They just kind of mix it all up. And then um, Buttercup was the right color this time. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's when funny she's that like they walking into it. the Victor's Village the first time. Prim, Prim's cat Buttercup is sitting on that fountain, and then again when they're watching the announcement for what the quarter quell games are going to be, mm -hmm. uh, Buttercup's on Prim's lap, and it's actually like a muddy yellow colored cat this oh. time instead of a cool. black one. <laughs> cool. I was like, okay, fix that little detail. I was, I must have not been the only one bothered by that. That's funny. Um, they don't include the pin. No. They like didn't. at all. They just don't care. Like, they show Cinna putting it on her sleeve and then covering it for the games. But like in the book specifically talks about how like they always have that pin on her and like every outfit she's wearing from the very beginning when like they show up at her house and they're still in district 12, like they find a way to make that pin like front and center in some way. And yeah. it's so funny. Cause even in the movie, Effie is showing like, and, and it's well, Effie isn't showing it. Effie is shown talking. Like I have my hair. She has her pin. You boys need something gold. And it's like, oh, yeah. She has her pin, yet she hasn't worn it like a single time yet in the <laughs> film. <laughs> like, yes. And like, I feel like, as far as, you know, like leading up to foreshadowing, like it's hard to foreshadow the next film when you don't show the yeah. mocking J pin when the next yeah. one's called mocking J. <laughs> um, and then the last, my last honorable mention that I'll talk about is um, just how well I think um, Finnick and Joanna were cast. Oh, yeah, well I was going to mention that. Right. Yeah. Like, I still love Snow. That's Donald Sutherland. Finnick was Sam Claflin. And then Joanna was Jenna Malone. Mm -hmm. Another um, Pride and Prejudice alumni. So. Wait, really? Yep. Oh, she yeah, plays Lydia. She was in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. That's why she looks so familiar. So her and uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Yeah, they've worked, worked together, together before. before so. <laughs> Much different relationship than this one. Yes, but those are my honorable mentions. Um, okay, I have a few. One not huge one is they changed the way that the training center looks, and they like said that they like redid it, but really that was and then just... it looks exactly the same. <laughs> It's like, well, what's funny in the book, they didn't redo it. It's supposed to be the same one. But I think it's because they like had more money in the budget this time. So they were like, let's make this movie better. They redid the training center. Now, whatever, guys, it's fine. You didn't have to say that. We would have just ignored it. <laughs> to justify the differences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. With Finnick and Joanna, I will say that they definitely used them more as stand-ins for the characters that they eliminated from the games like there was that one uh that one person who i'm blanking on started with a b say i don't remember <laughs> it was the person that katniss was supposed to like almost shoot but then she doesn't no what are you talking about <laughs> Dang it. What she almost this? shoots somebody multiple times. I don't. You're right. You're right. My bad. Are you talking about Eno, 
Anoboria yeah. or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. <laughs> like at the end when... But 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 he's not really a stand-in because in the book, Finnick is also right there. Yes, but... They just don't have Anna They just Boria don't have Anna whatever Boria, her name was. Brutus, I think, was the guy's name. And then Brutus, yeah, Brutus. They don't and show that Peta mm-hmm. killed Brutus. Um, Anna Boria. I Anna don't Boria? know. I can't remember what her name sure. was. It was something like that. I know it started with an E and had like a B somewhere in there. Yes, it was a weird <laughs> name. Anyways, so I feel like they kind of had that. But I do wish that they had shown Joanna's intensity a little bit more. Like, I, don't know, I feel like she was pretty intense in the movie, so be more specific. Was, well, like in her interview, for instance, she's like powerful and impassioned in her speech in the book. Whereas in the movie, I felt like it was just kind of like, you know, I feel like things could be different. <laughs> in the movie, she like says the F-bomb and like tells oh, the President Snow and everybody else who's involved with the games that they can F off or something. I felt like that was pretty intense. That's true. I guess it's a different kind of intensity. Yeah. But I felt like she was pretty intense. Yeah. And like she doesn't slap Katniss, which I think would have been a fun moment when they're in the games and Katniss is kind of having a freak out. Joanna smacks her so hard she sees stars. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. They still show her hitting her in the head so hard. With the coil that she, like, almost blacks out. <laughs> True. So, yeah, but I mean, overall, I think Joanna and Finnick were very well done. And, um... Really, all of those victors were. hmm I think they did a pretty good job overall with that. The only other one that I had as an honorable mention was... Oh, where what was it? I can't find it on my notes. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Madge. The whole thing with Madge. Oh, how they like are friends and they like go hang out and do things together. But they eliminated her from the movie because they didn't have her in the first one. So they're like, we're not going to awkwardly introduce her in this one. But she also is used as a device to make Katniss jealous and realize maybe she does have feelings for Gail. Mm -hmm. Because Madge and Gail have gotten close. And so now Katniss is like, "Uh uh-uh, excuse you. That's my man. Except not really, because also there's PETA. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just realized also that it just hasn't gotten older. I don't really love love triangles. No. I don't think I really liked them that much in high school either when I was reading these books. But like, no, it's such a common trope in these YA. It's like, nope, there's got to be a love triangle. Like, yeah, dystopian, or it dystopian novels. Like. <laughs> dystopian novels always have a what? love triangle. And I'm like, that is not the most important thing going on here. Yeah. But, but it's okay. So, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Cool. What do you got? Head into grievance number one. Number one. All right. So the best way that I can kind of say my number one is I was a little frustrated and and left um, wanting with the ending of the movie. I felt like the ending really breezed over a lot of stuff that the book spends a little bit more time on and a little bit more time explaining because in the book it's like really clear that like at first Katniss is like whoa 
these people are working for the Capitol. You know, and she like really for well, a while. She's also in like a medical haze for the first little bit where she's like so drugged up. She doesn't really know what's going on. Well, and you can tell they like they tried in the movie, but because she is like connected to stuff and she yeah. like disconnects the medical stuff from her and she grabs the syringe or whatever. But there's just I feel like, OK, so movie Katniss, I'm totally with her on how angry she is. Actually, I'm ang- I'm I'm with book Katniss about how angry she is too in yeah. regards to like the PETA thing. Yeah. But the rest of it, it's like I'm I'm with Katniss in the movie for being so angry because the movie doesn't really explain a whole lot of no. why and what or how, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the book, they like sit her down and and like give her some food and they're like, "Okay." Yes. And, and I think it's Hamish or it might have been Plutarch. I can't remember. One of them goes like, okay, no questions until I'm done talking. <laughs> like, yeah. Just hold your questions till the end. Um, and they give her a better explanation as well as explaining why they didn't tell her. And like mm-hmm. why they didn't tell PETA and the importance of it all. And then also there's this really great scene between and like exchange between her and Finnick. Oh, and I think yeah. it gives you a lot more understanding of Finnick's character and kind of like where he's coming from. Um, the scene at the very end with Gail is how the book ends as well. But I just thought it was so cheesy the way they ended with this like, okay, she's crying and now she's fighting the tears and now it's like. I get what they were trying to do, but I think it just it stretched on for a little too long. It and wasn't it was just well weird. executed. And I didn't I like that it, it would ended. Have been, they, they could have ended it the same way the book ended. And as soon as Gail was like, Katniss, there is no more District 12. And then it would just been like, Ooh. black screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, done. Because well, like, the thing is, I what feel like. What happen in the next one? <laughs> the movie emphasizes the anger more. Whereas the book emphasizes the heartbreak into anger. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like it gave the anger more of a purpose. Whereas this one, I feel like in the movie, it's just like angry. Blah, blah. Yeah, because there's, I don't know, the book in, and of course, this is the case always, right? But like the book just gives you a little bit more of those details. And so you understand, yeah, it's not just anger, right? Because, yeah, in in the movie, I just get a lot of emotion of anger and frustration. And there is a lot of anger and frustration, but there's also a lot of sorrow and heartbreak and and sadness as well as some joy and some happiness and stuff. And it's just, you know. There's a broader range of emotion going mm -hmm. on in the book. There's still, like, humor and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So that that was my number one. I just felt like, and I get the movie was already long and they already put a lot into it. So I understand like the time constraints, but especially when it's what kind of starts the next one and maybe having never seen (laughs) the next movie, maybe they kind of clear a lot of that up in the beginning of the next one. We'll see. We'll find out. But if I'm remembering it correctly, I don't think so. But it's been a while. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. well, but yeah, so that was my number one. Okay, my number one kind of goes off of that a little bit. I mean, I'm going to like circle back to the stuff that you said. Um, <laughs> but it was it's mainly to do with the games and the way that they kind of executed the like mystery of them. 
And like, there's a lot I feel like that goes unsaid in the movies, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes just alluding Mm -hmm. to it and allowing the viewer to pick up on it is fine. Whereas in the book, you kind of go along with Katniss, which I I talked about this in the first episode that we did. But you go along with Katniss as she's figuring it out out when she figures it out. Yeah. Which I personally like as a reader. But I understand Mm -hmm. that's hard to do in a movie. And so this especially when they changed the perspective of these movies. Yes. The books are from first person and the movies are not. These are very third. All of those scenes in the movie between Plutarch and like snow and stuff. Like none of that's in the books. You don't see or hear any of that. Like, no. So I can't, you know, snow is a granddaughter. What is that? You know, like. Well, you learn about that in Mockingjay. So it's interesting that they pulled something from the third book and put it in this second movie. Yeah. It was an interesting choice. But with that, um, I don't fault them too badly for the stuff I'm about to bring up. It's just stuff that I enjoyed in the book and therefore wanted to bring up and talk about. But I understand why they didn't do it. First off, when they're on the victory tour, Katniss does that little dance with Plutarch. But in the book, Plutarch flashes his watch to her and it's got the little Mockingjay on it. Mm -hmm. Both alluding to the fact that in the games, there's the clock system going on, but also kind of showing like, hey, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought that that was a really subtle thing that they could have done in the movie just having him have that Mockingjay on his watch where and you're just like seeing if any of the viewers picked up on it yeah yeah I think it could have been a fun little easter egg and then as you watch those scenes of Plutarch and Snow you'd be like hmm does he mean this stuff is he lying like what's going on here like I think it would it would have been kind of a fun little twist there at the beginning Will he, to, won't he yeah, yeah get the watcher thinking more And then another thing that they left out leading up to the games was watching previous games. Specifically, they watched the game that Haymitch won, which is really interesting because it gives Haymitch a lot more Which was another quarter quell. It's true. It was. And it gives Haymitch more development. It was the game that happened 25 years ago. And they mention in the book, too, that his games were... It's like especially incredible that he won because Mm -hmm. that was the year that they decided that all of the um, districts would give four tributes, two boys and two girls. So he had to win against twice as many. Yeah. And he did it. Contestants, I guess. And he did. Outsmarting the game masters. Really? Like he just outsmarted the system. Mm hmm. Which is kind of a hint as to what happens in this one where they essentially outsmart the game masters and they end up getting out. They outsmart the capital. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that that was kind of a fun connection that you make between Hamish, but I guess they just didn't have time for it. So they left it out, but it's fine. Another thing that they left out with the... um. Once they're in the games, once they're kind of that group is together, the group that like is, you know, plotting the rebellion, they Mm -hmm. leave out the bread code, so to speak, where they receive bread and the district where the bread came from 
indicates the day of the escape and the number of rolls reveals the hour of the escape. And I thought that that was really clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that that was such a fun little thing that they did. And I wish that, I mean, I get it. It probably would have been really confusing and hard to explain in a movie. So I understand why they didn't have it, but I still think that it was kind of a cool, fun little like, ooh, mm -hmm. that's how they snuck it in there. That's how they figured it out. Because I feel like in the movie, there's a lot of questions that kind of just go unanswered. Yeah, and they're kind of just like they just breeze over the explanation that's at the end. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> and then with You're that, the mocking Jay. And it's yeah. like <laughs> more and detail, then, please. <laughs> with that, it goes into that reveal at the end. I feel like all of these little things that they left out, when you reach the end and you see, oh my goodness, Plutarch is on their side. Like if you had had that little detail before, it would have you know, been like a fun connection. And when you rewatch mm -hmm. the movie, you're like, hey, there it is. Ha ha, I was right. Or like watching Haymitch's games and seeing the similarities and like the mm -hmm. bread thing and seeing that. And there's just a lot of nuanced things that I could go into that they left out that make yeah. that reveal at the end even just more, more mind-blowing. Yeah. And so I wish they had kind of just had more little things in the movie and had a better reveal at the end because it is a big reveal like i remember yeah. when i first read the books by the end i was like what the what is happening <laughs> like it was crazy and it wanted it made me want to reread the book and see the nuanced things happening whereas the right. movie i don't i mean i've watched it a couple times now but it's not like i want to go back and rewatch it because i feel like i've gotten everything from it so. I'm not sure if they really allude much to the fact that, you know, Plutarch isn't actually one of the capital. Mm hmm. I, I don't I, I didn't I didn't catch any of those. I at didn't least in the movie. I didn't feel that way. And so even if there was something, I didn't catch it. And I I thought I was watching close. Which means it was too subtle. <laughs> yes, there is. There's subtle and then there's too subtle. OK. Well. Those are top three each, so I guess six things total. Yeah, uh, with some other stuff sprinkled in, a little yes. sprinklings, a little sprinkling. Um, we have a couple fan faux pas to share mm -hmm. uh, about this one. So Holly K uh, just talked about, and she she messaged in, and she said that Finnick was perfection. Amen. We kind of talked about that a little bit already. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel He's like Aquaman. Sam Claflin, he was the right choice, and he did such a good job. And he was sweet too; like he did a good job at making you just love Finnick. Mm hmm. Especially with Mags. Mm hmm. So, and and like whenever Annie got brought up and whatnot, so mm -hmm. he did a really good job there. So I think we are in agreement there. Yes. And then the other one that we have is from uh, Ali L. And she says, I actually thought they did a decent job with this one. The casting was good, which I totally agree with. Plus, I love they kept the line. You could live a hundred lifetimes and not deserve him, you know, which, which I totally agree. Oh, man. Which, and, then, okay, and this is something that I may or may not get into when we do the third one. Again, I haven't seen the movies yet. But one of the things one of the reasons why I have such a hard time, like, quote unquote, shipping. Right. Yeah. I don't know where that term came from. I just know that it exists. Um, Katniss and Peta 
is because I feel like he's way too good for her. Fair. (laughs) And he's so good to her and she just uses him a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the beginning and like, yeah, in the third book, like her perception and stuff changes quite a bit towards him. But but still, right? Like I that's do one feel of the like this, reasons it gets so hard for me. This movie doesn't quite show the fallout the same as the book does. Because like you end the first one and Peta's like, oh, so you just were using me that entire time. You weren't serious about any of it. Great. Cool. And then you go into this one and I feel like they like go on the victory tour and you don't quite see the tension as much. Yeah. The lack of like affection and mm-hmm. even friendship and just the yeah. Because Peter's ticked. I can't blame him. As he should be. <laughs> well, he's kind of heartbroken, you know? Yeah. Um, but Allie does go on to say, um, I would have liked to see them watching the other tributes games, maybe even see Hamish's games, which I agree with. I think that it, it would have been kind of cool even just to see snippets of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that would have cost them a lot of time and money and they didn't want to deal with it. (laughs) But that is our fan faux pause for the week. I agree with what has been said. It'll be an interesting week when I disagree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, no, you're wrong. No, (laughs) it's all opinion anyway, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, cool. So I think that we, we just have one more thing to do then. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So the question, and I think this week it'll be a little bit more difficult to answer, Mm -hmm. is was the book better? I'm going to go with a gentle yes. (laughs) Yeah, this one is tough just because kind of like what we mentioned in the beginning is like I did find this movie really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It didn't like... And I found the first one enjoyable, too, or at least more so than I did the first time I watched it. But um, but I feel like there are movies where if I read the book and watch the movie back to back, I'm like, oh, yeah, this this there's no comparison. This one, you do it back to back and you're like, nah, yeah, they're, they're they're both pretty good. Yeah. It's like it's not that bad. And it's like, yeah. I mean, you mentioned some things in the games themselves that. Yeah, like they didn't do or they they kind of skipped over or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But like for the obviously most part, the book is going to have more detail. Like if yeah, you want a full depth like analysis of the games, <clears throat> excuse me. Needs if you want a like, TV show instead of a if movie, you want to like want more get to know these characters and stuff and like really form a connection with them, then you have to read the book. Like you have to. Yeah, but you have to. If you just want but a good like, movie, I really felt like in this movie, by the time like it got to the games itself, I didn't have as many notes, Mm-mm. you know, because once the games themselves started, I was like, this is all pretty just like taken right out of the book. Like, yeah, it's not bad. Very small changes here and there, but can't really complain. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I would agree the, the book is, is just a little bit better. But, but don't worry. It's, it's a very small margin on this one. Next week will probably change. <laughs> I don't know. So here's the thing. So for those of you listeners who also listened to us do the Harry Potter series, specifically the seventh Harry Potter, mm-hmm. we're kind of going to be doing a similar thing now because, again, this is Mockingjay is split into two parts. There's part one and part two. 
And while and while the book I isn't think as long, it's dumb that they did that, and I think they only did it for money. <laughs> of course they did. It and set it's, a precedent. It's Harry the same, Potter doing it set a precedent. It's going to be the same when we like reach the book Twilight. Was long enough that it like warranted it. Yeah, but Mockingjay isn't that long of a book. Like, no. And again, I haven't seen the movie, so we'll see if that, you know, pays off. Like, they better yeah. have included, like, absolutely everything because the book's really not that long. And there's yep. two movies to cover it, so. So, I guess the next two episodes will be Yeah, so Mocking our next Jay. two episodes will be covering Mockingjay. And then we'll be doing a solo book because we like to break it up. Which one we... you have any suggestions uh, for we that? We don't know yet. So, yeah, let us know. Head over to social media. We will be posting it this time ahead of time so that you yeah. know <laughs> before we ask for a fan faux pas because we messed up last time. So look forward to seeing our post on social media saying what book we're going to do next. And if you have a book you want us to do, it doesn't have to be a series, just any book. Let us know. Shoot us a message. Yep. And... If you want to read along, watch along, follow along, right? Just so that I can keep it straight. Mockingjay Part 1 covers roughly. Roughly. Um, around um, to like Chapter 12, right around the end of Chapter 12. Okay. Um, or roughly page 182 is where Part 1 kind of ends in Mockingjay. So like... I'm not going to read past chapter 12 in preparation to just focus on whatever the movie covers. Yes. And then we'll read the second half, watch the second half yes. movie. Kind of the same way we did it with Harry Potter. So if you're kind of following along with us and want to do that, just know that that's kind of where we're going to end our reading for the next episode is right around the end of chapter 12. Yeah. And with reading, speaking of that, um, we did a poll on Instagram and we got a really good feedback on doing a reading calendar. So I am planning on making one to send out to y'all. Um, but we need to know what books you want to see. Um, we Specifically need to start those one offs, right? Because yeah. I think the we know like we have plans to got. do Twilight as this, which is a series. Uh huh. Percy we have Jackson. We plans to do Percy Jackson, which we won't do the whole series. Because it only did the first three. So. And it's weird. And I don't know. What, yeah. That one will be interesting when we get mm -hmm. to it. Um, and like that's another series, right? Yeah. Um, Aragon is, is a actually only one book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like there's definitely some series we know we'll get to. But, but like specifically, books. I want, at least me, like I want to know what one-off books, not series yeah. you want us to cover, but like just the single books that have been adapted into movies. Aragon is one of them, right? The Host is yeah. another that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aragon is a series, but only the first book became a movie. So that would be a one-off that we would do. Technically, just yeah. Just by itself, technically. We could maybe talk um, about the rest of the series in a mini-sode, but... Full episode wise would just be the first one. But yeah, definitely yeah. let us know what you want to see. And then I'm hoping that uh, about halfway through February, we will release a reading calendar for March. And so you can kind of look forward to getting that for March and you can read along with us as we try to reach our goal of 52 books this year. 
Yeah. I mean, those 52 books aren't just going to be books for the podcast, of course, no. right? No. Like mentioned before, I'm, I'm always reading other ones, too. Well, plus, we do this every other week. That would only be half of the 52 weeks. So. Yeah. So. But anyway. We have blabbered enough. I was going to say, we're kind of dragging on now at this point. I think we've said what needs to be said. So. Yes. But thank you all for listening. And yep. we. We'll see you and hear from here. You Well, we won't even hear you. You'll hear us <laughs> in two weeks time. Yep. <laughs> When we talk about Mockingjay Part 1. Yes, we'll, we will talk at you then. <laughs> we'll talk at you then. Until then, go ahead and read a book. <laughs> yep. um, goodbye. Goodbye.